Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Well, tonight we are continuing our series on processing life's challenges at the throne. And so what I want to do is just give you a quick review um, for those of you who weren't here on last week of what we talked about. And so we just kind of asked the question, what is processing at the throne? Well, it's real simple. It just entails prayer, worship, and meditating on God's word. And so we also went over eight things that you must do or know when you are processing at the throne. And so there are eight tenets, and I'm just gonna hit them real quick. And I wanna encourage you to get the CD if you were not here last week. But number one is you must know that God understands. Number two, you must know that God desires for you to come to him. Number three, you must be honest and transparent before God. Number four, you must get control of your emotions. Number five, you must know that God can handle your situation. Number six, you must give God full, I said that. Did I say that? You must give God full control of your situation. And number seven, you must stay focused on God. And lastly, you must endure the process. So tonight, we're gonna focus on eight other tenants. And so after you do all those things, it's like, okay, what now? What do I do after I sit at God's feet and I meditate and I pray? Well, tonight we're gonna look at the benefits of processing life's challenges at the throne. And so you kind of go from process to progress. So after we do that, we're gonna see some advancement in our lives, um, in our personal life, and in our spiritual lives. So let's start with number one. The first thing, um, the first benefit is that we gain spiritual wisdom and understanding. You gain spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so when we process life with the mind of Christ, it impacts our perspective. And I just want to give you guys a little bit of history about how I grew up. Um, When I was young, my parents, they divorced, and I was about six or seven years old. And so my mother, um, we didn't have a lot of money. And so there were times when we were challenged financially. And I mean, so much so that when I was in elementary school, sometime I would have to go to school without paper. And my mother would say, can you ask a teacher to give you some paper today? Or she would say, is there a friend or somebody that can give you paper? So I didn't even have paper some days. And I remember one Christmas dinner when my mother, we didn't have money for a turkey or a ham and all those good things that people eat, but what she made was tuna fish sandwiches. And she cut up the sandwiches and she made them look real pretty on a tray. And we had potato chips and pickles and Kool-Aid. And I'm telling y'all, that was the most memorable Christmas that I've had. And it was not about the gifts 
or the things that we didn't have, but the fact that we were a family and that we were together, and those were some good tuna fish sandwiches too. <laughs> They're really good. And so a lot of times, when you are processing, say like a financial challenge, and so your mindset is that I don't have, so in the natural, I just want to keep everything that I have. I, I don't want to share, there's a say, the saying that says, get all you can and can all you get. But when we're in God's, um, when we process from the mind of Christ, God tells us to tithe. And so it doesn't seem logical and unnatural to give 10% when you're saying, I need this 10%. I need to provide for my children. I need to pay a bill. I'm, I'm in a really tight space. So it doesn't seem natural. But when we um, are, are processing at God's feet, that is spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. And I can also remember one time, um, it was at a New Year's Eve service, and um, there was about three or four of us that got $1,000. And we came up to the stage, and the pastor prayed over us. And I was so happy because at that time in my life, I was in a lot of debt. I had student loan debt. I didn't earn a lot of money. I had credit card debt. I had car notes. And so that meant a lot for me to get that $1,000. And when pastor called us up, he prayed. He laid hands on us and prayed for debt freedom in our lives. And so when I got the $1,000, went home, and God began to speak to me. And God began to tell me, to keep $300 of it and to sow the rest into the life of another person in our church. Now, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I need this money, God. What do you mean? Give it to somebody else. This is my blessing. But God began to say, no, I want you to give it to somebody else in the church. And so I did it, I was crying. I was broken, but I did it. And what God did for me is he showed me that that was the seed for the release of greater blessings. Hallelujah. The seed of a release of greater blessings. Because it wasn't about the money. It was about me trusting God. And, and I can just, I mean, I can stay on this topic so long because God has done so many great things. But even recently, or not long ago, a few years ago, I went to Howard University, thank the Lord, was able to get my master's degree. And can I tell you guys that the whole, all my tuition was paid for. They bought me computers. They bought me printers. Um, I had all the paper I wanted, everything that I needed. You know, and it was so surreal. I would sit in class and, you know, I would buy all the book bags and everything. And I'd be in class and I'd have my, my readings and the books. And I would even get the supplemental readings, the stuff you didn't even need. And students would come in and be like, you got the books? And I'd be like, yeah. And I would sit there in amazement because I knew where God had brought me from a girl who didn't have paper in school to be at a place now where God just overwhelmed me with his goodness because I trusted him. And so when we process from, from God, you know, it's, it's not about natural or carnal processing. We have to trust God. And if you can turn to Colossians chapter one, and I wanna read verses nine through 10. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. 
And this is going to read a little bit differently from what you have up there. This is a New Living Translation. And it says, so, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're having a financial challenge, to trust God. He said in Malachi to trust me, to try me in this. And he said, see, won't he open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that we won't have room enough to, to receive? And so I'm a living witness of that. And so when you think about your finances, you know, process it from a point of spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding and not in the natural. Amen. Point number two is we develop greater intimacy with God. We develop greater intimacy with God. And this is cultivated through processing our challenges at God's throne. And I want to read this. Although there may be a lot happening, you understand the value of pulling away and sitting at the feet of Jesus. How many of us are busy? We got a lot going on, right? I mean, there's stuff pulling at us and our jobs, our, our families, you know. There are a lot of things that are vying for our time and for our attention. But it doesn't matter what's happening. We have to pull away and we need to spend that, that time with God. And, and it is something that is cultivated. And I want to read, um, I love this story in the Bible about Martha and Mary. And I want to go to um, Luke chapter 10. So you can turn there also, Luke chapter 10, and let's read verses 38 through 42. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Okay. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, he's talking about Jesus, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her, into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And what's interesting here is that, you know, Jesus is there, and so Martha gets upset. And in, in verse 38, it says, Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. You ever have somebody over to your house, you welcome them in, but then you're too busy to talk to them? You're too distracted doing things and your guest is just sitting there? Well, that's kind of the way Martha was. She had so much going on, she didn't realize that Jesus is here in my house, you know, and I welcomed him in, but I don't have time to really engage him. 
but her sister Mary did. And Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And it says Mary was listening to what Jesus was saying. And Mary knew that there's a lot of chaos going on here, but I choose the better part. I choose to sit here at the feet of Jesus and to glean from him. Amen. Praise God. So point number three, we grow better and not bitter. The benefit of, of um, processing with God is that we grow better and not bitter. If you have a challenge, a lot of times people will become embittered by the challenge. And I know we know the saying that hurt people hurt people. Well, here's the opposite of that. Heal people heal people right? Hurt people hurt people, but heal people. We have the ability to heal people. And so we can overcome a challenge by the, word, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We have a testimony. How many people have a testimony? I have a testimony, right? And so that problem can make you a better person or it can make you a bitter person. I want to read this statement. It says, some people turn their crisis into fuel for positive change, while others become angry, resentful, victimized, and hopeless, and beaten by their challenges. And it is not God's will that we will be hopeless and beaten by our challenges. You know, we always say all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And so we got to know, God, this is a challenge, but I refuse to let it get in my spirit and, and put a root of bitterness inside of me. I declare that I will have joy in the Lord. And those are things that you do when you process at the throne of Christ. And you will, I'm going to tell you, God will be able to lift that spirit of heaviness, that root of bitterness, and you will wind up saying, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You'll have a different confession. Amen. And I want to just look at Hannah. I'm going to be looking at a few people here tonight. And I love the story of Hannah and how Hannah processed her issue at the throne. Hannah wanted a son. She, she really wanted a son. So she had a desire. Like many of us, we have desires that we, we really want. And so Hannah, she was um, hurt. And she was discouraged because God had not fulfilled that desire for her. And so if you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. And if you can come down to verse 9. And again, this is a, a New Living Translation. So it'll be just a little bit different from what you may have. And it says, once after a sacrificial meal in Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. 
seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything strong, but I am very discouraged. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think that I'm a wicked woman, for I have praying out of, I've been praying out of great uh, anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. And she, Hannah said, oh, thank you, sir. Then she went back, and this is important. She went back and she began to eat and she was no longer sad. Amen. And so here in the beginning, we see where Hannah was sad. And, and I didn't read the part where Hannah was being taunted. And her husband was, was Elkanah, and he was married to another woman who had children. And so her name was Penina, and Penina was taunting Hannah. Can you imagine when you're, you're down, you're feeling bad, and somebody comes along and teases you about that thing, and they taunt you, and it just kind of adds salt to your wound. And so this is what Hannah had been dealing with. And so instead of getting bitter and just saying, forget it, you know, or going off on Penina, Hannah went to God. And Hannah prayed, and she poured out her heart sincerely to God. And, and even so much so that Eli thought she was drunk, right? He thought she had been drinking. And last week we talked about what do you do or where do you go to process your challenges? And we talked about some people do drink. You know, we talked about the different things that you do, but that wasn't Hannah's case. She wasn't drinking, but Hannah was before God, and she was processing her heart's desire before the the Lord. And, and I don't think, we didn't read that part, but in the end, it says that uh, Hannah received her request. She, God blessed her with a son, and it was Samuel. But before she even got the blessing, it said that Hannah, um, she was no longer sad. She, was, she received the joy of the Lord even before she got the thing that she had been praying for. And so it's so important that we grow better grow better. And sometimes it's difficult, but when you process before God, he's able to, you're able to say the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And you can still walk around with a smile on your face. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that brings us to number four. And we continue to serve God and his people. When you process your challenges at God's throne, you are able to continue to serve God and his people. And I see this a lot. A lot of times when a challenge goes on or uh, maybe in church you get offended. You know, can you believe that we all, sometimes we have issues with people in church, but sometimes when you have an issue with a brother or a sister, somebody gets offended and they, they leave church. Can you believe that? They don't stay. And there are times when things happen, maybe some pressing, pressing issue has occurred in their life, and then you, it's like, where's so-and-so? You know, they might have been active in ministry, and then all of a sudden, you don't see them anymore. But we gotta realize that Jesus was about his father's business. And I like to say this is the family business. And so you don't wanna quit the family business. We all are part of the family business. 
okay? And so when we process at God's throne, the benefit is that we're not hindered by the challenge and we walk in our God-ordained God purpose. And so I like to say that when you have a challenge, it's important that you don't trip. Don't trip. Tell somebody, don't trip. All right, you don't want to trip and you really don't want to trip out. Say, don't trip out. Because what happens is, is that you start tripping out of ministry. You start tripping out of church. You start tripping out of purpose. You start tripping out of your calling and your destiny. So we don't want to trip out. When you have a challenge, you process it before God, you're able to say, okay, God, I'm going to stand strong in your promises. You have called me to the family business, and I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay. I have a role. There's a place for me. There's something that God has for me to do. And the answer is not to quit. Amen? So another thing I want to encourage you to do is get a grip. You got to get a grip. You know, we have challenges, things go on, but you got to get a grip. In the book of Hebrews, it says, take a new grip with your tired hands and to strengthen your weak knees. There are times when it feels like you're just losing your grip, but you got to get a new grip. You can't trip and you got to get a grip. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, I, um, I don't often dream. But I did, I had a dream on Friday. And, and this meant something. For me to talk about it, it wasn't something that I ate or something that I saw on television, right? But um, I had this dream and I was at this wedding and it was a beautiful day, the sun was out and it was a lot of people at this wedding. A lot of people, just a gorgeous, a gorgeous day. And so when I got there, everybody kind of had been seated. I was just, it hadn't started, but I was a little late. And so I tried to find a seat. And so I found a seat and I wasn't happy with the seat that I had. And I said, I wanna get a little closer. And so then I went up and there was an usher that got me to a seat and I went and I sat down in the seat and the seat was a, a recliner. And I said, wow, this is a comfortable seat. And so there was another usher that said, you can't sit there because I'm saving that seat for my brother. And I said, uh-uh, I'm sitting in this seat. And so I had an attitude and before I knew it, there was a partition that went across and it, it blocked me off from the view of the wedding. And so what I saw was the wedding on a monitor. And then I felt kind of sad. I said, wait a minute. This is not how I wanted to experience this. I wanted to be up close. I wanted to be, to experience it, you know, in more of this fullness, not to watch it on a monitor. And so then I had to press it, God, what, a, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I went to a Women of Purpose meeting on Saturday, and Pastor Robin said something. And she said, you know, we gotta get out of our comfort zone. And I thought about the comfortable seat. And she said, you gotta get out of your comfort, even if you're nervous, you got to do it. There's a work for you, for us in this church. And a lot of times we'll just kind of stay in our comfortable places, but are we really experiencing the fullness of God? Are we really doing what God has called us to do? And I want to tell those of you who are in the SLL ministry. The S I want to make, I used to make church announcements, so this is a church announcement. <laughs> we are disbanding the SLL ministry. And so you have to find another ministry. 
real soon. And you might say, what is the SLL ministry? Well, it's the sit, look, and listen ministry. The sit, look, and listen ministry. We're disbanding that ministry, so it's time for you to find another place to work. We appreciate your time in the SLL ministry. We do. <laughs> but I got to tell you guys, you got to find another place to serve, right? There's so much for us to do in the kingdom of God, and we want to be a part of it. We want to experience it in its fullness. Praise the Lord. And so here's our job description. Say we're in the family business, right? And so here's a part of the, the Great Commission. All right. And so the thing is, we want to do the work of him who sent us. And I want to read um, Mark uh, chapter 16. And we'll read verses 15, 17, and 18. So if you turn to Mark chapter 16. And this is our job description. It's the Great Commission. It's what Jesus has commissioned all of us to do. And he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who have, who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That is our job description and it comes straight from Jesus. And he's commissioned all of us to, to do that. He didn't, commit, he didn't tell us to get into the SLL ministry, right? No, he told us to go out, to tell your testimony, to, to speak to people. Even here in this church, there's so much. Children's ministry needs you. They do. Catalyst needs you. I have a heart for young people, so those are the ministries that I'm plugging, right? But I encourage you to talk. Talk to somebody, talk to a deacon, one of the pastors, and get involved. And now we're saying, if you are involved, then it's time for us to invite other people to come along. Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right, now we're at number five. Number five is we want to embrace the promises of God's word. Embrace the promises of God's word. That is a benefit when you process your challenges at God's throne. You are able to actually embrace, not talk about the promises, but you can actually embrace it. It's a word that is hidden in your heart. And I'll tell you guys something about myself. I'm single. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, yes. Okay, but, but here's another thing, that I have not been out on a date since 1999. It's not my choice. It's not something that I plan to do, right? And so don't get it twisted. I could, I could um, have somebody in my life because that's not hard to do. It's not hard to get a man. It's not hard to get a Christian man. It's not hard to get a Christian woman, a tongue-talking man, a tongue-talking woman. That's not hard to do. Not hard for me, not hard for many of us. But here's the thing that is more difficult. Are you really going to get God's will 
I can get a man, but am I getting God's will? I can get a Christian man, but am I getting God's will? And so when you embrace the promises of God, there are days, and this is Valentine's season, right? February, you see all the commercials with the rings and the pendants and, you know, the flowers and all this stuff. And I love Valentine's Day. I'm one who loves Valentine's Day. I haven't been on a date since 1999, but I love Valentine's Day. And you can only say that when you, when you process at God's throne, because I know that there are many single people who get discouraged during Valentine's Day. And there are some people I heard say, I hate Valentine's Day. And that breaks my heart for them. But the thing is, is that we got to realize is that our steps are ordered by God. Your steps are ordered by God. Listen, you can have somebody in your life. I remember one time, long time ago, I had a man in my life, and he bought me one rose for Valentine's Day. And I was like, where are the other 11? <laughs> One rose, you know? <laughs> no, Lord. Lord, you know? You know, you, you can have somebody in your life, but you may not have the will of God. It doesn't mean that, you know, you get your teddy bears and all this stuff, that you're in the will of God. So as whether you're single or whether you're married, it's important that we embrace the promises of God. And let me tell you, I have so much hope that God is going to bring me a great man that will be in a line with, with my ministry, his ministry, because really marriage is a representation of how Christ loved the church. And so it's not about me having a movie date, you know, a bed mate. That's not what it's about. It's about us being about our father's business. Amen. And I have joy as a single person. I have joy because I'm trusting God. I mean, to not, it's amazing to not have been on a date since 1999. That amazes me because this girl always had somebody. I've always, but I went through something and then I told God, I said, God, I don't want a man to heal me. I want you to heal me. I say, God, I know if you heal me, then I will be made whole. I'll be complete, and I'll be ready to be that blessing, that wife to, to go in and not to get, but to give, and to really minister to my husband. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, here's a scripture. Okay, Psalms. <laughs> Psalm. <laughs> The scripture references Psalms 27, 7. You don't, you don't have to turn there. But it says, this is what David said. He says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. The New American Standard Version says, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have despaired unless I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will be out of the will of God. I can have a man, but I will be out of the will of God unless I believe that I will see, and you believe that you will see the, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Okay, so number six, a benefit of processing at God's throne is that we learn how to be content and joyful. And I say the operative word there is learn. We learn how to be content and joyful. 
And so when you're processing God's throne, you're not complaining about everything. You know, you're not looking at what you don't have. You know, um, all the things that you do want, but you, that haven't come to pass. And so you can look around and say, despite the challenge, I'm blessed. Despite the issue, I'm blessed. And one time I was praying, and the Lord said something to me. He said, look, sometime your next breath is your blessing. Your next breath is your, breath is your blessing. And I want to show y'all how blessed you are. On the count of three, I want everybody to take a deep breath in and out, okay? One, two, three. That's how blessed you are. And if you don't believe it, go talk to somebody who's on a respirator or a ventilator. Sometimes, not sometimes, really all the time, our next breath is a blessing. And we got to see how being alive and being alive in Christ, it is a blessing. Amen. And listen, the Bible says everything that hath breath. So everybody in here should be praising God, right? Can we give? <laughs> Amen. Everything that hath breath should praise the Lord. We just took a breath in and out. Everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. We have a reason to praise the Lord. You're breathing. God can always come in and do what he has promised to do. But right now, even in that challenging time, to look around and to open your eyes and see, God, I'm blessed. I am blessed. We are blessed. And so Paul, he learned this lesson of contentment. And in Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 10 through 13, Philippians chapter 4, if you want to turn there, you can, chapter 10 through 13. And this is in the New Living Translation. It says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now, I was, now, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Remember I told you about those tuna fish sandwiches? We learn how to be content. I know now, I know how to live on almost nothing or, without, or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. And so we learn contentment. When we process our challenges at God's throne, he teaches us, he speaks to us, he lets us know how blessed we are. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. And number seven, the seventh thing, or the seventh benefit, is that we are free in Christ. We are free in Christ. And I love the scripture that says that he or she that is free in Christ is free indeed. We are free indeed. If you're free in Christ, you are free indeed. And therefore, you're not defined by your challenges or your mistakes. And when you are free in Christ, you don't have an identity 
uh, issue. There's no identity crisis. You know who you are. You know who God has created you to be. You're confident in the gifts and the callings that God has put upon your life. We don't have to go around and try to be like other people, even though there are people that I, like, I look at them, how they pray, and I'm admiring the prayer, the warriors that, you know, that they are. But I have to know that God put a prayer on my lips and in my heart. Right. And so we don't have to be afraid that we can be sure in who God has called us to be. Amen. And here, you know, we can't be gripped or hindered by the spirit of shame. A lot of times something happens, a challenge comes up and the spirit of shame will come on upon you and you feel like I made such a terrible mistake. How can I make that mistake? You know, but the Bible says that therefore uh, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so if God has forgiven us, he has released us to be free in him, but sometimes the enemy will come along and he'll try to speak to you and say, nah, you can't do that. You remember how you messed up before? But that's not what God says, because the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Christ came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Abundant things are not in contained and confined spaces, right? Abundance is big, and you're free to move into the abundance of God's grace. Praise God. Wow, we're at the final one. Number eight, and our final benefit, is we have the victory. You realize that I got victory. When you process challenges, the benefit is, is that you realize that you are victorious. We are victorious in Christ, and, and this is our reality. And you know, in all of these things, and whatever the things are, whether it is a financial challenge, a physical challenge, an emotional challenge, a relational challenge. How many people got challenges with their family? I do. Right? It doesn't matter what the challenge is. God says that we have victory and we are more than conquerors. And so I want to read Romans chapter 8. And this is verses 35 through 39. And I love this passage. Romans chapter 8. Verses 35 through 39. And it reads, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm going to say that again. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced. Are you convinced? Are you convinced? I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate me from the love of God, neither death nor life, 
neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Anybody worried about their children? You have children that are on your heart, young people that are on your heart, parents, maybe they're aging, they're on your heart. Your worries about today or tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that's good news. There are so many things in this world that try to pull you apart or try to in your mentally pull you apart, right? But there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. He is holding us. He's got us. It doesn't matter. What, it could be a sickness or an illness. It doesn't matter. And I just want to share this thing. One of our sisters in the church, this was on um, the Good Friday service. This really ministered to me. And one of our sisters had to come down and pray. And when she came down to the podium to pray, she literally limped to the podium, literally limped to the podium. And when she got to the podium, I'm gonna tell you, she prayed like her whole body was healed. She prayed with the fervency of God. And, and I was looking at her and it, it just was amazing to me. And I said, wow, that's what it looks to be an overwhelming conqueror in Christ. That's what it looks like. You, she could have been somewhere saying, I can't do that. I can't walk to the podium. You know, she could have been somewhere feeling sorry for herself, but she got up and she served God. She served, she served God through prayer and through ministry of prayer. And that's what God has called us to do, to know that we are overwhelming conquerors through Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what the issue is. You could be going through a physical challenge, sickness. There have been times when, you know, you might get a report from the doctor. And it may not be about you. It could be about a loved one, right? You could go through an emotional challenge. There are times when the enemy will try to beat us down. Or maybe in your life, you've been told by somebody that you're not good enough, or you, the spirit of rejection is there, right? The spirit of abandonment could be there. You could go through financial challenges. I know about financial challenges, but you gotta trust God. Know that in all these things, I'm a conqueror. I'm breathing. There's always an opportunity for God to turn this thing around, always. Or maybe there is a relationship challenge. Perhaps you're challenged, you're married, you know, you may be going through a struggle. There could be some communication um, issues. There could be abuse. I work in a field where we deal with people who are emotionally and physically abused. We just can't take it for granted that everybody that's in a relationship is happy, right? You don't know what that challenge is, but you gotta know that when we bring it to God, we lay it like Mary did at the feet of Jesus and let him talk to us and minister to us. And sometimes it just takes you going to God, throwing up your hands and singing a song of deliverance, letting God put that song in your heart and then offering it back to him. And you will be surprised how God will begin to lift that burden. 
he'll begin to, to lift it and you'll begin to say, oh, I taste and I see that God is good. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can continue to serve in ministry. I'm not gonna trip out. I'm gonna stay in the family business, amen? And so can you please stand with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland. 20781. Pastors Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.